I put goat up by mistake. You know the goat? You know the goat. I'm talking about the rhythm heaven goat. I put that up there by accident. Greatest of all time? Hey! Welcome to the podcast, episode 87. <clears throat> that beam is going. It's blasting. Yeah, be careful your with brain. the weapon imagery here. Uh, we want to follow Apple's, Apple's example and not. No guns. Don't use that imagery. It's dangerous. It is a dark time we live in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a great reasons. time. It's a great time to be alive. We've had like four terrorist attacks and, and hardly anyone's even been hurt. So, Well, all jokes aside, you know, I think it jokes. is. I think, I think that in this scary world we live in, maybe you shouldn't be having pictures of guns all around. And you know what? I think Apple's really going to make a difference here in the fight. On terror, they've done their part, you know, and like, now well, the now they US can sit back and. SEAL Team Six has done their part with the whole Osama <laughs> situation, that uh, you know, that rigmarole there, and now Apple's going to finish the job with the emoji. <laughs> yeah, Welcome I wonder if there's a picture the somewhere in Apple's boardroom of like them all like staring at the screen as they implement the iOS 10 uh, mission. And remove that emoji. <laughs> the you don't know what we're talking like about. On the the line. Apple gun emoji has been bravely, courageously replaced with a water gun. In a landmark uh, decision. It's, it's, it was a huge moment. Extracted right uh, out of the code. Tim Cook is going to be going to be fighting for election next next in, in four years against Hillary Clinton. He and, and I'm paratrooped right into the matrix there, and he yeah. pulled that emoji directly out of iOS. Um, okay, this so is the a world's a better place. About video games. This is a podcast about video games. Uh, what, did you play a video game? I played lots of video games, like ones what? I haven't even played like before. Skippy? Uh, where do I start? Uh, da, da, da. Uh, so Ubisoft released The Crew for for free. It's a free game now. Um, and it used to be a $60 game and now it's free. And that's the game where it's like, oh, you can go anywhere in the US. They've, they've modeled the country on like a Euro truck simulator level of detail, you know? Uh, not a lot of major cities. I think they've got like Dallas, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Detroit, Washington, DC, and New York and Miami. And those are the cities. Uh, but they also include, like, I went to my home, the South, thinking, like, let's see how they did the South in the crew. And uh, they they didn't do this. <laughs> they did they did the swamps of Louisiana. Oh, yeah, New Orleans is one of the cities, I guess. They did the swamps of Louisiana. Uh, and then it goes straight to Florida. And that's about it. Like, it's Florida and Louisiana is about what you get. There is Nashville. But it's, I think it's like six blocks. Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? I've seen enough of it. Yeah, I know what it's like. There's these little towns in the country in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and they're tiny. And that's what Nashville is in the crew. It's like six square blocks. Oh, God. It's really bizarre. It's just like the classic American South. Why even make a Nashville if you're going to make it look like that? You know? Uh... it's a weird game. And also there's palm trees in Tennessee, I guess. I think that that's the Florida section of the game, technically, where Nashville is. <laughs> it's, a, it's weird. That whole game's really weird. I don't like it. Uh, it's not a very good game. Uh, the driving isn't very much fun to me. It's like arcade but not in a fun way, I guess. Uh I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling to think of something positive to say about this game. It, it, the technology Is might it be impressive. Cool? No, it tries <laughs> to be. It, it, this is the most annoying thing about the game. It loves its cutscenes of the car. If you go to a garage or whatever, it does a little cutscene of the car peeling into the garage, and then the camera spins around and looks at how cool your car is from a low angle. Oh. And then you drive out of the garage and you spin the wheels and out of the garage. And it, the camera's like, whoa, look at that. That's so fucking cool. And you're not driving. It's a cutscene that's really annoying because you're going through these things a lot. Uh, and they do a lot of that. That's one of those baffling decisions. 
it's not clear how it was made. I know. I understand how it was made. This this is the kind of game that you. I didn't think that this would be this kind of game, but they licensed a lot of cars. It's for people who love their cars and want to look at them and say, "Look at that! It's spinning its wheels. How badass is this Dodge Charger?" Is that um, market really that big, though? I don't know. Apparently, really? probably not. That's probably why they had to make a free, a free, make it free, because nobody was buying it. Uh, I don't know. It, it's is I like the transaction thing now. There are definitely microtransactions. I don't know. It might have always been that. Uh, but they, they, Ubisoft's doing some sort of promotion where they're like, we're giving away 10 games for free every month that's a new game or something like that. Um, and they've all been just like old, weird, obscure games until this one, which was like a kind of a big deal because it's relatively recent. Um, but you can see why they were okay with giving it away for free because I doubt anyone was buying it. Uh, yeah, and I just, I just don't. I like. I understand the idea they were going for of like the idea of driving an arcadey race game literally across the United States, uh, coast to coast, is is awesome. That's a great idea, and I think it would be really cool. But it doesn't. The way that they've rendered America is really unappealing. Uh, about all I've seen so far, I've I've driven from like Chicago to. New Orleans, I'd say, and it's all fields. That seems like it would be maybe that's accurate, almost like I guess, an unc- kind of. <laughs> well, <laughs> it seems like it would be like one of those uncanny valley effects where you know what kind of America is supposed to be like, and when you're driving through this slightly off, very abstract and loosely defined. Yeah. I don't know if uncanny valley is the right word because America. uncanny valley in implies that it's close enough that you that you get weirded out this is not close oh, okay. grand theft auto 5 is close it's like okay this, this is a very small los angeles it looks like los angeles if you've been there this is what it looks like it's instantly recognizable it's yeah, very yeah. well done um yeah going through louisiana towards towards new orleans it's like I I could glance at this and say, okay, yeah, they're going for Louisiana here because there's the big trees with stuff hanging down, and and, the and then you you get to New Orleans and there's a big the big stadium, whatever you call it, uh, super yes, and it, it's just it just doesn't there's no art, I guess, um, and, and the okay. landmarks that I have found have been really just disappointingly barren and not. There's no, I don't know. It just, it feels. It only came out like a couple years ago, I think, and it feels way behind its time, like graphically and and the way that they've modeled the world. It just seems like they stretched themselves way too thin. Like they should have stuck with like a really well rendered city instead of the entire U.S. Uh, but I, I, I like, but I like. I guess idea, part but... of the trouble there is that a city is kind of hard to drive in at high speeds. You're right. I mean, it doesn't make a particularly good. It's much more fun to drive on a highway, but these highways aren't all that fun. I don't know. I don't know. They It seems like something that could be good. Yeah, it could be. And I I I think that they just executed wrongly. I would like to go out west and there's a I'd say the majority of the game map is like the Midwest and West, like the desert and 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 Midwest area, which seems like the most boring area. Except for like the Grand Canyon kind of stuff, but like, I, I don't know. It seems very boring, and when it should be kind of awesome. Um, I, I, I want to see if I want to see if they render like mountain ranges. I want to see if like you actually like can see. Okay, I'm approaching the coast because I'm I'm approaching the uh, the the Rockies. You know what? That that might be the kind of gameplay loop. This is a real blender job, so you'll have to hear me out okay. here. But that that seems like the kind of gameplay loop, driving around really fast, racing, doing these challenges, that would actually work with No Man's Sky like, planet generator, like and topography generator. Do you know what I mean? I know what you like, mean. So the problem in No Man's Sky is, what do you do? You don't do anything. You just mine and you craft, and it's boring. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing to sustain it, but if instead of just going through this slog on all of these cool planets, you actually like were racing through these weird different uh, terrain types and 
that, you know, that could actually... I do think you're right in that if you're going to make a procedural world or a very large world, you need a fun way to traverse that world. Um, I've, I've talked about when Just Cause 3 came out, how the wingsuit mechanic in that game is the best movement oh, yeah, traversal in any game ever, period. It is the best. It is so yeah. much fun. Case in point. It's so much fun. It's perfect. The speed is perfect, and, and they've built a very large world. It could be bigger even in Just Cause standards, but um, that's a perfect mechanic to put in your big-ass, empty, open-world game because it's fun to fly around. Um, no Man's Sky restricts you to 100 feet off the ground, and you have to press a button to land, and that's insane to me because one of the main things that I said, I would say appealed to me in that game was like the idea of swooping down onto the surface of a planet and see what they're seeing what there is to see and then saying like oh fuck this i'm going somewhere else or find, finding something interesting and landing and they took that they didn't even bother with that um and yeah so i agree like the idea there's a there was a game oh god what was it called uh a short one letter like a four letter one word title uh four letter one word. yeah it was um a it was a very, very, very Grav. That's that's three word, three letter. What Rav? Grav. Oh no. G R. No, it was like for some reason I keep wanting to say fuse, but I it know was it's a not dumb fuse. look. It looked exactly like No Man's Sky. It was that colorful, procedurally no, generated. No, chick. what I'm talking about, I have no idea really? what you're talking about. This is so much of a coincidence. I have no idea what you're talking about because that is a, a piece of garbage. The game, game. I'm talking about is. I wouldn't call well. I'd kind of call it garbage. It did what it said. It it did what it said on the tin, but it was um very very large open world, like the size of a real. I would say like I think they they kept saying like the size of Wyoming or something, like actually the size of Wyoming. Um, Wyoming, most mostly empty, and yeah, that that's a fitting comparison to make. Actually, Wyoming's way more interesting because at least they have mountains, and this had this had a mountain. Um, but it was an open world off road racing game. And so, and it was multiplayer, and you could just drive around in this big ass world, and it was well done. I, I, it wasn't a bad game. It, I had some fun with it with some friends where we just kind of got together on dirt bikes or whatever and just drove around, and that was kind of cool. Uh, they probably needed more things to actually do. Like, you could stop and have a race, but what's the point in stopping and having a circular race if you're in this big open world? Like, do a cool point A to point B and, like, find your own way through or something. That'd be more interesting. That, that's what you end up doing anyway, is like set a waypoint and say who can get there first. And that's your gameplay, which fine. That works. Um, that's good. Yeah. Gameplay. Uh, make your own gameplay. Fine. Um, but anyway, point is the concept can work. Um, and I think the crew just doesn't, it just felt really empty. Not, not just the world being empty. I mean, like the, Sometimes you can feel the passion behind a game, like the fact that someone wanted to make this and make it good, and this has none of that. I just don't... There's nothing there. Uh, and and so, yeah, I, whatever. It's free. Go ahead and download it and see how okay. it is for yourself, because it's free. Who cares? Um, I also... I did buy a car game. Um, Absolute Drift. I think it's $12 on Steam. It is a top-down drifting game. Um, they kind of have like a... Oh, yeah, you know what? I know what you mean, and I must have played a bunch of different Mario Party minigames like it. You, yeah, you have played some Mario Party-esque minigames like it, but they... But this is like if those were good. You mean it really? Uh, but yeah, like no, those the type. It was very popular in like the '90s. I think there was a type of racing game that was top down, and you it was like RC cars and that kind of thing, and you'd try drive around. It's that kind of thing, but um, but with a focus on drifting. And like the longer you can hold to drift, the more points you get. And then you have to like, oh, there's there's poles or whatever, and if you drift close to them, you get more points. And if you drift fast, you get more points as you go close by them. And so there's little. Things they put around for you to earn points, and um, it's very hard. I'd almost call it sim-like uh, in how they they make you drift. It's not like a Need for Speed where That's you cool. just instantly drift and you can get out of it really easily. Like you're going to be spinning out all the time when you start out. And the really satisfying thing about the game is that you learn and you learn and you learn and you learn, and the challenges get harder and harder and harder. 
and more and more satisfying. And by the end of the game, I, I think I spent like five or six hours on it and 100% of it in that amount of time. But by the end of the game, I was a fucking pro. I could just, I could just pull off any drift I wanted. I could just drift in a big circle forever. Um, which trying that at the beginning was, I couldn't even understand how someone could do that. And so you learn quickly and it's so satisfying and so simple too. And I, I cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's one of those, I hate to say dark souls like, but it's kind of like you learn, you know, one of the appealing things about dark souls is you learn the gameplay and you get better at it. You're not just improving your weapons or whatever. You're, you're actually like learning how the game works. Um, it's that kind of satisfaction and it's it's i i loved that game i there's i don't think there's any replay value really well i guess there is they have leaderboards it'll tell you like you do a challenge and it'll tell you oh you're in the top three percent or whatever and there's one that i'm in the top one percent and that felt really good um so how many people play a lot it would tell you like how many people would like what rank you were in the challenge and i know when i was in the top I want to say when I was in the top 10%, that was like 150 or so people. So it's not a super popular game, but it's just a little indie. I wouldn't have even known about it if someone didn't mention it on, on like Twitter or something where I, 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 I was like, oh, I need to play that. And then I forgot about it. And then I think it's popped up on Steam. And I was like, shit, I should download that. Um, very, very good. I, I love it. It's awesome. And it has a fantastic, like... Um, you know, like Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go. You know that those games. You know that yeah, style yeah. of like minimalist I, yeah. toy kind of look. It's that. Yeah. Exactly it's that look. Yeah. White void with. I would say it's more minimalist than that. Where you're, you're drifting through Tokyo and there's like the port and the factories and the airport and the town and the city. Um, and you're drifting through those different little areas, and they're very like m- minimalist rendering of that style. It's very cool. I, I and when you and when you when you complete the challenges, it plays the uh, the Tokyo Drift um, theme song. You know, on the the bells where it's. <laughs> I don't know if I can explain it well enough for you to, but you you hear it and you'll instantly go, "Oh fuck, that's that drift song." Um, <laughs> okay, but they do All it in right. a way that it's like. It sounds natural as a video game, like "bading" kind of sound, but it's definitely that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, and then I've been I've been playing some some shooting games too. I've been shooting some bad guys. Um, really? Who have you been giving? Well, the <clears throat> there's there's Squad. Squad is a standalone game made by the mod team behind a very, very popular Battlefield 2 mod, Project Reality. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Project Reality... I think I downloaded it and never played it. Yeah, Project Reality is one of those those complete overhaul mods that eventually, after a few years, gets probably more popular than the original game. Like, I bet there were more people playing Project Reality at one point than Battlefield 2. Um, It... it, it, Yeah, it it just... I mean, I'm well, sure maybe I'm not currently like because they made the standalone, and the standalone's good. Um, yeah, uh, oh. Squad is good. It, it, it's it is. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, <laughs> um, but it feels so much like Battlefield Two that I'm very suspicious. <laughs> um, it feels like that they actually like got the Battlefield Two engine and said, "Let's just make our own game using the, these assets." Uh, it's it is extremely similar to Battlefield 2, but maybe they were so familiar with Battlefield 2 that they said, well, now we know how to make that. Um, but it's it's Battlefield 2. Um, but it's very realistic. It's a sim. It's almost like Arma, I would say. Uh, a little more playable than Arma. Much more simple, and, and, and you can get right into the action. But, uh, but it's squad-based, hence the name, and you get like nine-person squads on, I would say, an average of like 30 to 40 versus 30 to 40 uh, size servers. And uh, and you move with your squad, and your squad leader puts down spawn points for you. And then you try to attack the control points, battlefield style. Um, but 
I'll get to Battlefield because it's not like Battlefield in that it's very slow paced instead of very fast paced. Because even though you have your spawn points, it takes forever to respawn. You don't want to have to respawn it. The spawn points are usually a good distance away from the action. So you're trying to stay alive for the most part. And that completely changes. Like the, since the, the focus goes from trying to kill other people to trying to stay alive, the pace of the game is entirely different. And, and in my opinion, way better. Um, until shit really goes out of hand and you have a shitty squad leader or something. But it's also probably the best online community I've ever encountered. Um, especially ever. ever. Especially after playing Overwatch for so long. Um, but Okay, yeah. But there also, like, but I mean, like, go. in general, like, in, in multiplayer games yeah. where I keep the voice chat open and people use it, which is, like, Overwatch, CSGO mainly, this doesn't even... Like it's not even comparable how much better this is. Like people just have a good attitude because I because it's such a niche game. I guess it's kind of a tighter community, and people are you you don't play that game unless you have the similar mindset as your teammates of like I I know what this right, is. Right. Um, you're not you're not just yeah, stumbling into you don't it you don't get high and it. then go to your dorm room and and pick up your sticks and start playing this. Um, <laughs> sticks. Uh, <laughs> Bust out the sticks. But, um, it's it's very good. I like it. I like the pacing of it. I like the community. Uh, it's it's. I, I'd recommend it to anyone who's kind of interested in it. Like it's a good entry point to like slow paced sim like first person shooters, uh, which is a pretty tiny genre. But um, but it's a good one of those. It's terribly optimized. I now have a GTX 1070, and it doesn't help at all with that game. It, it it must be a CPU hog or something because I'm just, I'm getting like on lowest settings. I never reach 60 frames per second. It's, it's not, not well optimized. Um, and then there's one map where I'm getting like 23 frames per second, but fun. Um, as opposed to that, after playing squad and after learning that the DLCs had been, maybe still are. This might be your last chance. If you're watching live, you might have a chance to get on these if you're interested. The DLCs for Battlefield 4, which there's like five or six of them, are now all free. Which is pretty surprising because they charge out the ass for those. Um, But you can go on Origin and it's kind of weird. Like The system isn't made to give away these free games, so it kind of acts like you're buying them, but you're not. Um, And then the game itself is $20, and then there's like a 50% discount that you can use. So I bought Battlefield 4 that what? Oh, it's some kind of sale. I don't know. There's like a discount code that I don't know what that's a part of, but I learned about it on a forum. And and then, yeah, the DLC stuff doesn't seem like it was advertised anywhere, but it's all free right now. And I, I heard that it was a limited time offer, and I think today's the last day. But anyway, uh, bought that and all the DLC for $10, which I think is a kind of a steal for Battlefield 4, which is still a pretty recent game. Uh Maybe it's because I'm coming straight off of Squad, which is such a different game, but so similarly based. Uh, Battlefield 4, I just wish it was something it wasn't. Um, it's so fast-paced and so chaotic. You just you just run around and kill things until you die, and, it, and, and, and your lives usually last in less than a minute. And then you spawn and you run and you kill something and you die and you spawn and you run and you kill something and die. And that's, that's that whole game. And it's, it's mindless to the point of being almost frustrating with just like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, I want a version of that game. The main, my main problem with Battlefield 4, I have two main problems with Battlefield 4. One, spotting. You can, you can click on someone, press Q on someone. And a little red dot will appear above their head for everyone who can see them, a little red dot. And so they can just shoot at the red dot and kill them, even if, like, there's a tree in the way or something. Uh, second problem, sprinting. You sprint at the speed of Quake in that game. And it's absurd. It's Jesus ridiculous Christ, how why? fast everyone's sprinting around the fucking battlefield. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It makes the game way too chaotic. It makes it so that people can flank you in a matter of seconds. Like, say you're shooting at someone over a hill, they can be around that hill in a matter of seconds. And it's like, that just ruins any sense of what's going on in the game at any time. There's no front line. There's no, oh, I saw a guy in that building, let's go over and kill him. Because by the time you get there, he might be across the map, just on foot. Um, it, it, that 
doesn't make any sense and it, it ruins the game. I, I want that game to be something it isn't, unfortunately. But I remember having fun with Bad Company, too. And that's a very similar game. So I don't know exactly what the difference is. And I'm going to keep trying some more Battlefield 4, but... Bad Company 2... Well, it yeah. felt sillier, obviously, with the presentation of the campaign and everything. But it also, it seemed more like a spin-off. Like it could get away with being less but it tactical. More tactical. And, it almost felt like I, my I memory know. of being playing Bad, Bad Company Two was like I could actually like think out a situation and try to pull off a flank and that kind of thing. I yeah yeah yeah. That was a total guess. I have to qualify that by saying I've never played Battlefield Three or Four, so I don't know what they're like at all. But I just remember, like, coming from Battlefield 2, I remember that Bad Company 2 was a lot more... Bad Company 2 is a lot of people's favorite, like, recent Battlefield game, like, post-Battlefield 3 Battlefield game. Um, But, and it's probably mine, too, in terms of multiplayer. But um, it's a very similar game. I think the movement speed's pretty similar. Maybe they've sped it up a little bit for for Battlefield 4, but... I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe I just need to stop playing like the large scale conquest maps that are just like supposed to be completely chaotic. Um, there's there's smaller scale stuff that they that they do, and there's like a rush game mode, which is similar to the Bad Company stuff. But I remember in Bad Company there was also a game mode called Hardcore, I think, where you could turn off the spotting, and there were a few other changes made that like I think probably slowed it down a little bit and made it less so that. Like in, bad, in Battlefield 4, basically, if someone sees you, you're dead. Because every because you'll be spotted and everyone will just be a laser onto you. And, and it makes it pointless. And then you get in a helicopter and you're dead because everyone has a laser-guided fucking rocket. And it, it, it just... It's dumb. Uh, I, I really wish they were making a different kind of game. And of course, Battlefield 1's the same way. Um, so, whatever. That's, that's Battlefield now, I guess. Um... And yeah, that's oof, Woo. that's my video games. It's a lot of them. I guess. Cool. <laughs> well, I went on a little journey into the kits uh, of competitive you're, you're Overwatch. About a, you're about two or three weeks behind me on this one. So I but... played... I played yep. ten placement games. I'm platinum. Mm. I'm a god. I never have to play again. There you go. Um... So basically, it's the greatest game. I'm so good. Are you playing with people? Or are you trying uh, to fill up a team? Yeah, yeah we yeah. we play with that helps four or five lot. people I, usually. Um, I would still play that game with, with people, but I've kind of I, sworn it off alone. I think so. You've sworn it off. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean. I I totally understand that. Like it was bad enough yeah. trying to deal with one person. And to try to manage them when you have the other, and I don't like being that guy on the on microphone, like trying to and, get everyone together. I don't like that. Come on, guys, let's all yeah. work as a team. I, I always stay silent, and then we I need speak a up healer. Fast, like, like at the final screen where they're giving the medals and stuff. I'm like, I call someone out, and I'm like, you're you being just, a cunt. You were you being hope. a cunt the whole time, and you're trying to tell everyone else that they suck, but you suck. Exactly. <laughs> you always hope. You always hope that people will just take it on themselves to yeah. either correct what they're doing or to be somebody else, or even if it's just the loading screen, just we don't need a Reinhardt and a Bastion and a Torbjorn and a Symmetra on the same offensive yep. team. <laughs> uh, fuck, man. That game, uh, it has a way of just... It is. It's a time sink, and not necessarily a bad way. But uh, you know, it's it's very easy to just pop on and, and lose a couple hours. It's a good game. Overwatch. It's a good game. It's a fun. It one. is. Um, it is a very it, fun game. I I've thought a lot about it uh, from a competitive standpoint because I never last along in games that are just completely like. Well, I don't know. It depends on the kind of game, but I try to get right. competitive with games to some. Like I try to win. I like to win, uh, and. Overwatch is complex to a fault, I think. This is what I've determined. Uh, is that... Okay, it, yeah, it has been decided, decided in my brain right. that it disguises itself as a very simple game. It's one that's very easy to get right into. You can understand the abilities extremely quickly. You can learn the characters very quickly and their roles. Um, but because it's 6v6... 
that's the complexity is working with the team and it's too much. Six players is too many. Yes. You think it's six too players much? is too many to handle. Not when you're working six players together. is a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on. I think I think your I think your opinion on this is you're totally right. colored by you solo queuing. <laughs> like it has to be. It has to be because really, when you have six people who are not even using that crappy voice communication game, if you're on a mumble and you have voice activity mics on then there is constant communication uh, unless people are really screwing up or you're getting destroyed. There's always, like, basic communication and understanding of what people should be doing, and it's great, and it doesn't feel like there's too many people. So... But when you got, like, five children, like, toddlers that you're trying to whip up into some kind of productive strategy, then that's an opposite experience. Okay, I think... I'll I'll, I'll defend you on this point. I think it's... It's a good, defendable game with six people who you know, or even five or four people who you know, so that you can organize it and you can call out stuff. And you're going to win at a much higher rate, and you're going to have much more fun doing it. But when you're actually thinking competitively, if you're doing a 6v6 game and both teams are using their microphones, there's so much going on, and there's so much chaos. And by chaos, I don't mean like the battlefield kind of chaos. I mean like the potential things that can happen, you know, at any moment. It's like, how many different people have their ults up and what ults are going to shut down other ones and right. what kind of characters are going to fight other characters. And I, that's, a, that's a pro to the game, but also, I think, a detriment to the game because it makes it so that it's, it's, it's unpredictable and, and, and chaotic to the point of being almost impossible to strategize, I guess. A little like Mario Party. Exactly that like Mario way. Party. That's that's what I was getting to actually. Uh, that Mario really? Party. Uh, yeah. Slightly uh, like uh, Mario But no, Party. I mean it just. That 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 was a serious point where, the game it kind of feels like you have no. Obviously, it's an exaggeration, but in Mario Party, a lot of times it feels like you had no I mean, influence right. uh, yeah. over the outcome <laughs> of the there, larger game. There's a game. lot of the time where the game ends, and I'm like, I don't know what we could have done to prevent that win from happening or that, that loss from happening. It's like, I don't know who fucked up. I'm sure people fucked up. I don't know where it happened because it's so chaotic that I have no idea what my teammates are doing at any time. Uh, And that must be amplified, amplified, but I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's completely negated by being with people on chat because it's like, like, how do you know that your fucking Reaper is just, isn't doing bullshit and just not helping the team at all. You have no idea. And there's no – the nice thing about CSGO is that when you die, you watch your teammates. And you know, you know what your teammates are up to. You know how well or badly they're doing. You get – you know exactly what <laughs> yeah, to get but, pissed but, off about. But more about. importantly, you know where you need to improve. You know where your weaknesses are. You know what they're doing to beat you usually. I mean sometimes a round ends and you're just like, oh, fuck. I don't know what we could have done. But it's a simple enough game that, yeah. that you, you can understand that stuff. Uh, Overwatch is so fucking complicated that that there's just you know no what? way to really get down to like here's why we lost. It, it's just crazy. There was some like psychology thing I read at some point in like middle school. I don't know what it was, but something about how the brain works and counts things. And it it said that it can at most about counting fives reliably. Like those are the chunks about yeah. the largest chunks different, that we can different kind of information that we can figure out yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And I do think so it's a magic five number. is that magic number because in CS:GO, in CS:GO, I kind of always have an idea of exactly where my team is and exactly which mm-hmm. roles they're all currently filling. Um, in Overwatch, even though you figure it should be more obvious, and it kind of is if you actually like are actively tuning into it. But even though the characters themselves are kind of more iconic than individual CSGO guns, like there's the big monkey and the little annoying British girl, and wow, they're very different. Look at, you should be able to differentiate them on sight because they have a silhouette and Valve did that. But really, because there's so fucking many of them, it's just, it's one more thing you there's gotta so do to keep on. it straight, which, yeah, there's there's lots to pay attention to. And to manage, yeah. and, and I think consider. that that's what 
which I get. I, I think it's always good, good at yeah. the in the first you know fifteen hours that you play a game like that, where it's like you're still learning, and so the complexities feel attainable. You know, like they feel controllable, but that you're just you're still behind the game, and that and that eventually you'll get to the point. I, I don't think you way. will for long. I think eventually you're you're going to get to the point like me where it was just like, oh fuck! Even if I'm playing with people I know, and I still want to play with more people I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in some groups and stuff. But um, it, it feels like you start overthinking it to the point where it's like, well, if we wipe them right here at this point, we've got three people up. If we wipe them, their mercy's coming back from the spawn. She'll be able to revive them, maybe if her ultimate's ready, which I think it might be, but I'm not sure. Because I don't know like how much damage I, I so many things go into just charging an ultimate. But um and yeah. then if she does that, then they're gonna have a numbers advantage on us. So should we hold off? Should we wait? That, that, and, that, and that makes it fun at first. But when you're when you actually get to the point where you're trying to win and stuff, yeah. that's just frustrating because it's impossible to tackle. It's you can always go that extra layer. I think it's I think it's manageable, and I think some people are better at it than others. I'm not saying I'm better at it than <laughs> That's what you it or anything, like. but I just mean what I'm saying here is it's actually, I really don't mean it that way. What I'm saying is that some people yeah. really like that kind of thing. I'm, I don't think I necessarily yeah. even do. Some people, that's like their whole thing. They love to think people who play Dota, they're probably Dota's 5v5. This kind of thing also. Like this is and three very simple lanes. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, there's, true. there's a simplicity to it. That's true. But God no, help yeah, me if I, mean, I ever yeah. try to learn those characters. But I think that somebody who's into MOBAs, more so than like, oh, they're zany characters and yeah. they have roles and you move them around a map. I think more than those superficial MOBA similarities, like the, one of the more substantial similarities would be, you know. It's a game uh, about strategizing yeah. with your team to counter the other team's strategy. That's what Overwatch is about. Uh, yeah. And you're right. Maybe that's. I think the live switching of roles is yeah. a little. Yeah, that too. Much but but also. but you're right. That's probably something that doesn't specifically appeal to me. Like like mobas have basically no appeal to me. Um, and so maybe that's part of my problem is that I'm just inherently biased against it because the game almost disguises itself as not being that kind of game. Like you know right away what it is, but when you play it, you feel like. Well, if I do well at this, I'm going to have fun. But then you get to the point where no, if if I no matter how well I'm doing, if my team sucks, it doesn't feel I, that I'm not having fun. Uh, and so, so yeah, the more That's you true. get on top of the game, the more it slips out from under you because it's because it, it's so complex and you're relying so much on team play. And there's twelve fucking people who all of which all of their roles matter in your head, you know. 11 other roles and you have to keep in mind and it that's a lot it's a lot going on in my little tiny little pea brain and maybe it's too much for me <laughs> maybe overwatch is overwatch too smart for me is overwatch too smart matt pat that's your assignment Put on this the week. Thumbnail. um okay yes uh, uh, I played some Melee, nobody cares. Uh, I also watched Louis C.K.'s Live at the Comedy Store special on Netflix. I kind of mi- missed that one. Um, I've seen all of his other specials, and I really like Louis C.K. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Uh, I watched one, though, and it was really surprisingly bad. Um, I-, I don't know what it was about it. I think... Part of it is that he seemed to be doing, like, an ironic gay voice for, like, 20 yeah. minutes. This, this, this. It just it really yes. got to me. Like, I, it I really I might have seen the down. same stand-up. It's like he's on stage in front of a red curtain, <laughs> and, and the audience is, uh, like, below him. Yeah, yeah, like stand-up. Uh. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Not, like, a stage stage, but, like, a little platform I, kind of... Uh, what do they call yeah, it? Yeah, I think Thrust? I've seen it. Um, because Thrust because that theater that, stage that triggered a part of me. Almost like a when you mentioned show. him talking in a gay voice for twenty minutes and it getting on your nerves, that struck me as something like, "Oh fuck, that's my opinion." Uh, <laughs> because I, I, it was like 
it kind of looked like a restaurant. There were yeah. people at tables. I, I'm and... trying to remember. We're, we're specifically, but, but yeah, I, I seem to remember watching a stand-up of his where it was like, that's just, there's just nothing funny about what you just said or the way you said it. It's just not a good joke. And that's not, I don't know. It was surprising because Louis CK has been yep. so good in the past. I think, I think he's fallen off a little bit um, or maybe at least, Maybe his style of humor has kind of been taken on by society a little bit too much, where where like it Who doesn't it doesn't was. register as his anymore. Um, but but I, I I haven't enjoyed aside from his show, I haven't enjoyed anything recent from him, and, and his show's show not that recent, great. I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I watched that same comedy special, and I think I I disliked it too. Um, and I remember specifically the gay voice being just like, why, why are you doing that? Yep. Yeah. Not, not the best. Out of our hey, you mentioned movie. last week and so, you forgot to mention it in the podcast. And I think you meant to Bill Burr. Oh yeah. Um, been listening to a lot of the Monday morning yeah. podcast. I actually listened to one of, or I'm, I listened to an old one today just as something to do while working. It's it's good. I, I I used to listen to it regularly, and then I, I got kind of busy and stopped. But it's good. I listen to it on the yeah. commute every day, and uh, he does these. He does the Monday morning podcast, which is the meat yeah. and potatoes. Then there's the Thursday afternoon before Monday morning podcast. He does a Thursday afternoon thing, and that's half length. And then the second half of it is like the advice portion. Yeah of a very, very old podcast. And so it skips the current events part at the beginning that is never relevant anymore. It skips all that and just gives you 30 fresh minutes along with 30 quality minutes that you probably never heard before. It's a really nice addition, and it doesn't take him yeah. much more work. And the payoff I is, think, is great. It was I think a I noticed a couple of repeats, though, um, when I was listening, because I used to listen to Thursday one, too. And... I, I seem to remember going like, well, you've already done this one. I think, I think they're running out of material because he's only been doing the podcast for so long. But, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great, um, it's a great setup. Yeah, and it's fun to hear the highlights, I guess, of, of his his previous yeah. stuff. But anyway, oh Jesus! <laughs> but um, anyway, you you said something about him watching Formula One, and I've seen his Twitter has just popped up randomly with some Formula One stuff, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, that's that's something I didn't expect to see from him. Um, because I, I don't think I follow anyone who watches he Formula gets One. gets in all kinds of stuff. Except like for him, that. I guess. Um, Formula One, I wish that was better. I won't talk about Formula One, but... I wish was yeah, okay. it's disappointing. So that, add that to the list of the people who... Yeah, when we're having a slow podcast, I can Matt go into Pat, detail about... Louis yeah, when we're Formula having a bad co- podcast, I can go into detail about, uh, about Formula One and what, what disappoints me in it, but it's it's complicated. I think we'd all welcome that. Um, I also, uh, me and the lads, we were chilling, had a few brews. Toward the end of the night, we were very brewed. Um, we put on Courage the Cowardly Dog. It's a good show. On Netflix. You know what? I was kind of surprised by how well it, yep. it holds up. Like, that. that's going to be one of those classic shows that... You know, um, it'll it'll last. a lot of those uh, people will be able to go back to that. A, a lot of our later. of our it'll, generations it'll growing up cartoons um, do hold up surprisingly well. Like like I think Hey Arnold is one of them that people say like okay yeah you can go watch it. SpongeBob obviously is something that people still watch. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I loved Curse Cowardly Dog. It's great. It's legitimately terrifying too. I don't know. I don't know how I didn't oh, get yeah, nightmares yeah. from watching that show because going back and seeing like clips from it and stuff, I'm like, "Holy fuck, this is some <laughs> fucked up shit." Yeah, and going back to it, the premise of every episode was just some stupid, simple thing that like a dog would be afraid of, like, "Oh, he's yeah, yeah. a squirrel," or uh, the, his owners forget who he is. But then it just escalates into supernatural dimensions. That's how to do it's a cartoon. Is like it's a, you, you have your very simple thing show. that you expand upon, like way outside of what anyone would expect. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah, and that was about it for I've, me. I've watched some things too. Oh yes, I finally oh, yes. 
finally got actually. around to watching season four of Arrested Development, the latest season, uh, where they rebooted it on Netflix. Uh, yes. I first I rewatched season three just to g- get myself refreshed on it, and holy shit, how did I forget that Arrested Development is like the best yeah. thing ever? It's fucking hilarious. Um, it's it just is. like. Like that, that shows like perfect like from a comedy perspective it just doesn't get better i don't think um season four starts out real slow but then around halfway through like it really hits its groove and i actually really 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 enjoyed like the last half of that season it they they did a they did a good job you can tell they struggled with it with the reboot but then they figured it out and and, and they did a good job with it and i are they making another season i think they are um they're either making a new oh, season yeah, or a movie. Oh, yeah, because they've always joked about the That's... movie. Well, well, it wasn't a joke. In, like, season two and three, I think they mention, like, they have, like, oh, some oh, meta yeah, commentary the about yeah, yeah. the... Sorry, I thought you meant the years no, and yeah. years afterwards when um, I was seriously talking about it. Okay, yeah. In the, in the show, show it is, but, but you can also tell that they were legitimately thinking about a movie, which is why it's a joke in the first place. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the follow-up to that. I was impressed... Because I was really down on it. Like for the first two episodes, I was like, God, this is so thrown together and weird and not like it just doesn't feel right. You can just tell that things were recorded separately in a in a really jarring way and it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then like it just gets better and better and better. Um It picks up yeah, and they tie uh, it up. Well. And the Ron Howard stuff. They they go really far with the Ron oh, yeah. Howard stuff. Uh which is really funny. Uh yeah, good, good fucking show. Uh, can't recommend that one enough. I'm going to go back and watch season one and two again, probably. Um, They're yes, also they are. fantastic. A- the first three seasons are... I, the fourth one definitely yeah. gets better, but... I think I by think the end the of the fourth one, it's... Clearly are the by the end of the fourth package. one, it's it's just about on par, but but only at the end. And it, it, everything before then just has yeah. like kind of a hit or miss to it. But, um, yeah... The roofie was, was a particular standout. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, uh, they do some good shit in that. Uh, so, yeah. also, on a less funny note, there will be blood. I finally got around to seeing, which I've been meaning to see that since it came out. Um, you mentioned it like a few weeks ago. I think. Oh, you, yeah, this is your yeah. first time seeing it. Good. Wow. It's a good movie. Okay. Uh, I saw that like a year ago. I think I remember talking about it on the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. That I saw that recently too. I don't think it was more than a year. I think it was like a year ago I saw that. Uh, and damn, very chill. It's it is. Chilling uh, I, it's funny. Yeah. I remember when it came out. Everyone was getting it mixed up for good reason. Getting it mixed up with um, No Country for Old Men. No and yeah. I thought it was just on like an aesthetic level where you can tell from the trailers, like, okay, they're kind of going for a very similar thing here. They're both like, these it turns out like thematically they are extremely similar movies and they, they even have like, yeah, yeah there's all, those are because I actually watched the reason I watched there would be blood is because I went back and watched, um, uh, no country for old men again. Um, yeah. And and yeah. I was like, God, I yeah. need to watch There Will Be Blood. I need to just go ahead and do it. Um, and and that's a movie. There Will Be Blood is a movie where I think if it came out one year to the left or right, it would have won. Yeah, the uh, I think that it got overshadowed, um, and it doesn't deserve that because it's very good. Uh, and it, yeah, it was really cool. I, it, it's it's one of those movies you think about for a while, and uh, oh yeah. You think about the character yeah, scene. Hell of an ending. Also. Hell hell of an ending scene in that movie. I'm finished. <laughs> fucking good. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm happy I finally went back and watched it. The that. editing The editing in the movie is very uh much mm-hmm. something to watch. Um things linger on and they start to feel long and then it just keeps growing until it all like inflates yeah. out into a a shot of like some yeah it's like fields. if it's like if Quentin Tarantino was actually like a an artistic director instead of just a uh I, so, I, yeah, I don't know how to describe him it's not that I dislike Quentin Tarantino or his movies man. but yeah 
He's not silly, actually. He's he's not. He's silly. a silly man. His movies are especially aren't necessarily not. Silly. He, he is a, okay. That's true. <laughs> you watch his he interviews. He is a silly man. Like the Hateful Eight's ending was uh, pretty great. You you yeah. eventually saw no, we that, we right? both saw that in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But you didn't get to see the road. Trip, I did. I saw the. I, I didn't see. You got a special oh. special treat in that. Like you had it. You had. Oh, that's right. Mine had the intermission. No, I, I still had an intermission. I you thought, had some sort of, like, uh, like a person came out and, like, presented it or something. Like, didn't you say something about that? Or was I talking to someone else about that? Yeah, they explained, like... Yeah, mine was, was just first. like you sat down for a movie. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. It, but I still had the intermission and that, and that like, beginning part where it's, like, you're, you're taking your seats and okay. you've got your booklet and... Oh, that's the, yeah, the overture. overture. Yeah. That's the overture. Then there's yeah, an intermission. Yeah. So I still had both of those. But uh, that that was a great movie, and okay. it was very well so you, very well you filmed. But it, none of none of Tarantino's movies have the right. I don't want to sit here and criticize Quentin Tarantino because I really do love a lot of those movies. It's not real, but uh, but yeah, there's just not that. God, I'm not a good enough English major <laughs> to, to properly <laughs> to properly express my feelings on it. But but he doesn't. He doesn't put everything into a package the same way that a uh, Coen Brothers or Anderson do. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's let's get to news. Okay, so let's start out loud this week. Blam! With Kojima firing shots at Konami. <laughs> he actually addressed Metal Gear yeah. Survive. Um, I got some choice quotes. I only heard one quote, which was like, "Trust me, these are something choice. about zombies." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when asked whether the idea for "Survive" had come from Kojima himself, he replied, "That's nothing to do with me. The Metal Gear games are about political fiction and espionage. Where do zombies <laughs> fit in with that?" It's like just some genuine confusion. And they asked Yoji Shinkawa what he thinks about the, uh, the zombies, and he says, "If I had worked on that game." It would have mechs in. <laughs> those are those are perfect so, quotes. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You got the win from the duo there. <laughs> yeah, they released some gameplay footage of it. Did you see any of that? They did. Yes, it looked exactly how I expected. Same it here. To. <laughs> uh, Down to the pixel. I'm, I'm actually like exactly what I thought. I'll actually go as far as saying I'm, I'm actually kind of disappointed. Um, it, not that I had any kind of expectation more than like, okay, it's going to be four-player co-op zombie survival, but you could do something really cool with a co-op Metal Gear Solid Five game. You could. That doesn't. I have was zombies. expecting them to at least like take the assets and maybe make something new, but it's just literally a phantom. Thing yeah, and it's almost like they they. But it, even that wouldn't bother me if it was just like, just same Metal Gear Solid Five gameplay, even, and just have AI controlled bases and stuff that you take over with your friends it, you it would require less right work, that's the pr- and that would be a game that i'd that's be more problem, willing though. to play i don't know if it would require less work i mean i think Wouldn't have to create it's zombies. easier for them to make the whole co-op angle work yeah but that's minimal like i think it's harder to keep like let you have that expanded and make it make a game out of those capabilities and yeah, yeah. exactly so I th- I still think they took the uh, the lowest possible effort route here, and you know the uh, it just everything about it is just it's a product. Um, you're they're gonna sell it, and some people are gonna buy it, and that's my. It's review. the lowest hanging fruit for sure. And there's a lot of people online. Defending I, I, I I just don't get it. a lot it. of people defending it, which I don't really understand. I can understand defending it against some criticism like i was defending it against some criticism where it's like like who gives a shit that they're making it in the first place like it's not right. ruining metal yeah. gear for anyone that like, doesn't who bother gives a me. shit but um trying to act like it's not going to be a really really lame uninspired piece of trash uh is that's a stretch because that game there's no way that like, game's good looking for value there just because you want to be that guy who says you know then yeah okay okay mogus five last guardian some new exciting gameplay footage for that game came down the pipe tokyo game show this year i think it's going on right now correct i think it's finished or did already it's finished 
Okay. Well, I don't know. The Tokyo Game Show happened. I don't know. I couldn't find it on it, so I don't think it's. I, it you would know, make sense that it would finish time. when the weekend's over, right? Tokyo. But EA, Tokyo, I mean, E3 20, takes place 16, during the week, so. Uh, yeah, it looks like it ended. Okay. okay. Well, last Guardian footage came out, and I'm not going to watch it because it's time to not watch it now. That it's it's less than a year away. I don't need to see anything more. I'm going to play it. I'm going to buy it. So I don't need to see. But what, what's I skipped up? through it to see uh, what the buzz was all about. I saw a Polygon clickbait article that was, you know, the last Guardian has got me uncomfortable. Or Uncom- did they use that word? It was either uncomfortable or nervous or something like. Uncomfortable would be. I, I don't think it was a polygon thing to say. <laughs> uh, I'll. I, I won't like. I won't spoil anything for you here. Um, Polygon played that game at TGS, and that's the footage that got out. Uh, I, I got out. It, it's not like it was leaked. I think they got permission and everything. But um, but that's the that's the footage that everyone's watching. Uh, people are saying that they're worried about the controls. That it looks like the person playing is struggling with the camera and the movement because they're kind of they're just struggling. Um, and I will say this, not that it's impossible for that kind of game to have bad controls, which, I mean, I mean, uh, Shadow of the Colossus wasn't exactly known for its wonderful responsive controls, and they even made the horse purposefully non-responsive. But um, Polygon has a track record, Doom. specifically with one particular <laughs> game, of not being very good at playing games that they review or preview, uh, which makes the games look... If you watch Doom gameplay played by Polygon, that game looks like I garbage. It. it looks like a I really bad game. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have paid for it yeah. if that was the only gameplay I saw. So I'm just going to say, until you see someone competent play that game and struggle with it, there is absolutely no reason to think that the controls have any problem whatsoever. It just doesn't. And I was watching it and it didn't really seem there was like a really, there was a kind of a big commotion about it. I saw like big forum threads and stuff about the movement being a problem in last guardian. And I just, even watching that gameplay footage where, yeah, they were struggling a little bit. Didn't seem like it didn't seem like a problem. Like it just kind of seemed like, okay, whatever. Um, I don't know. And they, at this point, we got to remember who we're dealing with. Like they could just be, they could be playing it bad on purpose. <laughs> I I would not doubt that. I'm not going to go that I mean, far, but but nothing would surprise me. I I think they realized maybe they didn't do that, but I think they might see. Oh, our Doom video got like a kajillion views. <laughs> Everyone was making fun of it, but who cares? It got us a kajillion page hits. So you know what. You can play this next game too, guys. I'm, don't, don't I'm not going to... You keep the job. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I I doubt that they're very aware of how... Or maybe they are aware and they just don't give a shit about how bad they are about at, at video games. Video game journalists are some you of the worst... Really video game journalists are some of the worst video game players. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know where some of it comes from. When they're talking over footage, it's hard to play a video game and talk. Depending on the game, but like they usually don't do it live. Usually, so Um, there are some where it's like, okay, I can understand how how like people will get frustrated when they miss something, and it's like, listen, if they're talking while playing, that's not you can't blame them too much. Even just streaming, that can be a problem for me sometimes. But um, but yeah, they're they're bad. They're bad at games. They try to play even very easy games like Call of Duty on the console, where you should be if you're not getting in the top three. In a large server in Call of Duty on a console, you are terrible. You're playing against a bunch of 12-year-olds who have no idea how to play games. You, you need to be competent at Call of fucking Duty. You press but the left trigger and it locks onto your enemy. But what if these 12-year-olds are quick-scoping noob tubers? <laughs> it's true. Uh, what then? Well, they don't play Call of Duty anymore anyway. If you're a video game journalist, that's... Far too much toxicity yeah, to deal with. Those kids are all into Battlefield, and it's now. a toxicity that you just can't. It's gross. 
You just it's can't. Gross. Uh, you literally can't, and you start shaking, and it's gross. Um. <laughs> okay, so um, Super Mario showed up at Apple. We already talked about that, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, when when Miyamoto showed up and he showed a Super Mario runner. It's a it's an endless runner. Uh, Your scraps. You're disgusting scraps at the bottom of this Google Doc. Leftovers from last week. I, we talked about that stuff. You should just remember. You clean your mess up. You, you clean your mess up. Anything from this week, though? Like, what what serious shit went down at uh, TGS? There's got to be something. They already, like, blew their load on the PlayStation Pro, which was kind of a non-event. Oh, definitely a non-event. Except for except for the well, especially I would say actually because they teased it, the Mass Effect footage that they showed, which people were kind of excited for, and then they showed like just really, really All in uneventful Mass Effect footage that could be from any game ever. Like it just looks completely like it might as well be pre-rendered. Um, let me scroll down the quick thing here to see if there's anything that I forgot to mention that maybe. Any breaking news in your blotter? Uh, Infinite Warfare got a trailer. The, the single player. At this point, people will just... God, you know what? That's going to be one of the few like underrated Call of Duty games. Of I might get Infinite Warfare. I, bet you. I might get that Call of Duty. The campaign bit cool. It did. And the trailer looks breaking good. Breaking the space station in space? The trailer, it yeah. looks like they've tried on a single player experience for the first time since... Modern Warfare Two. Actually, I'll give them the I'll give them benefit of the doubt on Black Ops, even though I didn't like it. A lot of people love that, but this looks like, I mean, it's still a generic fucking Call of Duty story, whatever. But that's that's what you need to do. Um, but like, the graphics are really really good, and the voice acting looks fantastic, and the set pieces look impressive. It looks cool. I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't even probably consider it if it weren't for the Call of Duty Four remaster coming with it but hey there you go um but yeah gears of war 4 who cares one but two i when you were talking just then i looked at like a couple seconds of this on mute it's called gears of war 4 gameplay trailer like they showed gameplay for this i skipped around it's all cutscenes. yeah i heard about that this i didn't actually see it but uh, i heard it I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but it's not gameplay. <laughs> I don't know why they uh, would call it that. Yeah, it's just, it's set pieces. It's like they're all looking up at a big alien, and the camera's like, and then it gives Marcus Phoenix's beard, and it's like, but not gameplay. What do you mean it goes, shoo? You know, like when it, uh, you know, twists, you know, that classic Alfred Hitchcock technique. Is the it camera goes? Shwoom, oh, is it the um, is it the uh, uh, Michael Bay technique where it's zoomed in a ton and the camera moves? You know exactly what I'm talking about. The camera will move and like swoosh by characters' faces, and it'll slow down right as they come in. Oh, frame. yes, and yes. Then they'll, like okay. look up at something, and that's uh, a Michael Bay. Or thing. like, but that's a different Michael Bay pan thing. behind them as they reveal the massive thing. It's like we better get out of here. That kind of people are excited garbage, about that. That disgusting schlock. That people are direct. people are legitimately excited about that, and I don't really get it. I I loved Gears of War, the the first Gears of War. Oh yeah, yeah, General fantastic. Ram. What a, what a cool, what boss. an awesome game that was. The multiplayer was totally fresh, like nobody had ever done anything like that. Uh, Even though it essentially was just charge into each other, and uh, somebody kills the other one with a chainsaw. It was. If you played a lot of it, it, there's a strategic element to it. It was a lot slower than... I mean, this was like... It was competing against, like, Call of Duty and Halo as multiplayer shooters go, and and it's so much slower than both of those games, and it was survival-based, too, where, like, one death was... That's it for the round. And so, like, a round-based, no-respawn multiplayer was totally different. Um, It was a big deal. Uh... And the cover mechanics were totally different too from anything we'd ever seen before. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to play a Gears of War game at all. I remember watching that thing yeah, at E3. Same. It was like, oh yeah, this is not, not something all. that I care about at all. Uh, I don't, I don't care about the world, even though I think that they probably did an okay job. But that I remember Gears of One actually had having a 
fairly interesting little story, kind of a cool setting that they set up, but I just don't care. And I feel like I'd be left behind too, because they released so many bad games or games that I had no interest in playing like Gears of War three and Gears of War Andromeda or whatever. And then there was the one starring the fucking sniper that everyone hates. And I feel like I'd be behind trying to jump back in. I don't know. It's coming out on PC I though, not be which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and they got split screen co op on PC. That's crazy. Which is, uh, it's cool that it, yeah, it's that. awesome. It's I'm still not going to play. It's it fucking probably, crazy. But... I don't know. Like, I wonder what the last game, except for like an indie game, was that came out on split. I don't know if I've ever seen a game come out with split screen on the PC. Yeah, nothing that's not like um, emulated or reported. But I think it's a result of Microsoft's, you know, making PC their. I'm glad they're Xbox. going that way because I don't want to buy an Xbox nope. One. Uh, and I, I am interested in the new Forza Horizon. I'm going to wait till it comes out and see what people say about it. But that sounds like it might do what the crew should do, where it's like a big open world racing thing. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have any other news. Yeah, I'm I'm bone dry. Guys, we're the Bone Dry Guys, and thanks for listening to our podcast, which was called Push to Shout and was about video games. Still is. Next week, we'll have another podcast like this one, but the number will be 88 instead of 87. So we hope to see you then. Good night. <laughs>